Hello and welcome to the Offfield Rugby Pod. I'm your host Brian Moylet, former Irish age grade international player, now mindset and performance coach. I help players and teams all over the world overcome setbacks, play in the zone and achieve higher levels. On this podcast, I chat with people at the top level about their journey so that you can get their insights and hear what worked for them. You probably agree that you need to be strong mentally as well as physically, but most players don't know how to work on their mindset. My new book, The Book on How You Become a Pro Rugby Player, is like a gym program, but for your mental strength. In it, you'll learn how to instantly move on when you make mistakes in games, how to feel excited and confident on the field, and how to play in the zone. And it's available now on Amazon. Please subscribe to the pod wherever you're listening, and be sure to send it on to some friends. Cheers. Hey, hope you're keeping well. In today's podcast, I'm going to chat about how you access your flow state. And other people call this being in the zone or playing in the zone. And I'm going to take things from chapter 11 of my book, which I titled Playing in the Zone. And so it's in the zone that you perform at your best and where your creativity flows. And the stuff I'm going to go through are going to be applicable for players, but also coaches and you in every area of your life or regardless of what you do for work. It's all the same. And players, when I chat to them, they understand what being in the zone is in that they can think back about games that they've played where it felt like time had slowed down. It felt like they could do no wrong. Opportunities just kept presenting themselves. You want the ball. You just feel like you can do anything and you're playing your best rugby. You're not in your head. You're not thinking about anything really. It actually feels like you're on autopilot. And Another way to describe the flow state has been the state of no mind. Your mind essentially is switched off. Your thinking mind is switched off. And there's two parts of our mind. There's your thinking mind, your rational mind, and there's your subconscious mind. And for the flow state, that thinking mind is turned off and it's your subconscious mind that you're working off and it's peaceful as well there's nothing better I'm sure if you can think back to days you played where you were in the zone there's there's nothing better and this can be the same for coaching you can be out there on the grass connected to your players just immersed in the session you're not worrying you're not thinking about oh do they think this drill or game is good or is this working out well as I had planned and you're not in your head you're just in the moment and the thing is with being in the flow state is that this is where creativity comes from This is where your best ideas come from. And as a player, when you're in the flow state, you see so many options, opportunities. Everything opens up to you. Whereas when you're in your head, you're not thinking creatively. You're just kind of doing the basic thing. And so in the book, I give a three-step framework for playing in the zone because what happens is is most players, they don't know how to get there. So the first step in the framework is to practice being present throughout your day. So the flow state is being present. Simple as. And like anything, if you want to be present when you're performing on a Saturday, the way you practice it is you practice it during the week. If you want to be good at passing or kicking or tackling on a Saturday, 
you got to practice those things during the week. So how do you practice being present during the week? The idea for this podcast actually came to me two weeks ago when I was in the flow state during the week myself and how it was was I just moved to Christchurch and I'm living in Christchurch now. I'll chat a little bit at the end about that, why that is, how that came about. But I had just moved over and it was like my first full day. And you know when you go to a new country and you don't have a phone or you can, but to be honest, a couple of months ago I was traveling and I turned on my data just to check my WhatsApp. And I did this a couple of days and then next minute I went back and my monthly bill I realized it was $25 a day to turn on your data. So I was like, yo, I'm not doing that again. Anyway, I was in Christchurch and I left the house. I was going to get the bus. There was a bus stop around the corner. I checked on Google Maps. I knew the number of the bus and I just said, hey, I'll head off. So when I left the house, I had no connection to my phone. I had the Wi-Fi in the house. And I was taken in the scenery and it's also when you're put into a new environment and you don't know your way around, you're forced to be a bit more present. You're forced to look around and take in the environment around you. So that's what I was doing. I was looking at the trees. I was looking at the cars go by. I was kind of fascinated by this new place. I jumped on the bus and... I realized how present I was and ideas were coming to me. You know, I always carry a notebook and that's something as well that I would encourage anyone to do. Just have a notebook on you so that you can write notes, you can put your thoughts into the notebook. If you get an idea, you can jot it down and come back to it later. And so I was just making notes of different things that I could do and then I just realized like oh this is yeah this is the flow state being present and the way I've disconnected from my phone I'm not listening to a podcast or an audiobook and don't get me wrong I love podcasts and audiobooks I learn so much from them often listen to them but you don't want to be connected 24 7 you don't want to be on your phone 24 7 listening with your earphones in all the time and a few different ways that you can be present throughout your week which will help you access the flow state when you're performing or it'll get you more used to being present which is just brilliant anyway because it gives you peace of mind It calms your mind, it relaxes you. There's so many benefits to being present. And so a few things you can do. First thing, and this came up on the podcast recently with Grace and Hart, is don't open your phone for the first hour of your day or the last hour of your day. And this is incredible. So in the past, I used my mobile phone as my alarm so I tur- I'd, my alarm would go off I'd open the phone turn off the alarm and then I'd start checking stuff and all of a sudden straight away your mind is racing and you mightn't think your mind is racing and I certainly didn't you might think like I'm just checking some stuff Brian That's a bit ridiculous, a bit over the top for you to be saying your mind is racing. But I promise you from my experience from talking to different people, when your mind is calm and relaxed, when you open that phone, our brains are actually not, we haven't evolved. We're not equipped actually in a sense to deal with that. Like the amount of information that we have coming at us out of that phone you think about 400 years ago 300 years ago before telephones before fax machines before anything how people went about their days you know there were just books and so people would read a book 
and then they talk to someone. Think about how calm and relaxed their minds were and how present they were. And yeah, you could say, oh, it was boring, but I'll, I'll chat about that later, how boredom is actually good. And then you compare that to checking your WhatsApp and opening one social media app. So you open your WhatsApp and you get five messages. Yeah, they could be nothing. Of course, one of them could be something that isn't so pleasant that you don't quite want to see. And that thing, you see it first thing in the morning and it's on your mind for the rest of your day. You get a message from someone and then all of a sudden that is playing on your mind. It's just sitting there in the back of your mind throughout your day. So simply not opening your phone is incredible. It helps you start the day well in a calm state, a relaxed state, and it helps you bring that throughout your day. And another thing then within that first hour that you can do, there's a few things. You can start a meditation practice, like start with three or four minutes, doesn't even need to be long, it's just about starting it. And what meditation is, is practicing being present. Meditation is not stopping your mind. This is a mistake that most people make. I have made it a number of times in the past when I tried to start meditation. I would start meditating, my mind would be racing, I'd be thinking about a million things, and I would just say, I can't do it, meditation isn't for me. I've heard there's loads of benefits, but anyway, it's not for me, and I'd stop. But you need to understand that meditation is not stopping your thoughts. Meditation is practicing that when the thought comes, that you bring your focus back to your breath. And by constantly bringing your focus back to your breath, when the thoughts come into your mind, you're constantly practicing being present. And the benefits of meditation are crazy. When you're meditating regularly, you don't really get phased by things that happen throughout your day. It's kind of like no matter what happens during your day, you'll still be in control. You'll be okay with it. You'll be able to deal with it. And this could be anything like very serious things could happen, but you'll be able to stay even stay relaxed and execute. So, for instance, the way it would play up in my life is you get an email, something happens, I need to do something. And in the past, I would have thought, oh, no, crap, my heart is start racing. Oh, this isn't good. Oh, how did this happen? Oh, my word. Oh, no. And you're just in a tizzy and you're all over the place. But when you become skilled at bringing your focus back to the present moment and relaxing, which is what meditation does, whenever anything's thrown at you, you can do that. This is of course important for players because when you concede a try and you're thinking, oh no, this is awful. Oh, we're now down by this. Oh, there's only this much time left. Oh, and you go into a tizzy or, you know, the meditation, that that skill allows you to bring yourself back to the present moment, relax and move forward to solve the problem or move forward with focus. And this is similar for coaches. You're watching a game, something happens. You can't be losing the run of yourself, losing the rag. You need to be able to relax calm your mind and think clearly about what is the best next step to make to solve this problem. So meditation is the skill to do that. And what I have found best, others are different, but I've found it's best to do it in the morning 
one of the reasons is that your willpower is stronger in the morning. So there's lots of things that I know that when I do them, they help me be my best self or I feel good. Another thing is working out. So I do my workout at the start of the day versus the end of the day. And then stretching is another thing. I do it after my workout. And when you do these different things in the morning, you get the benefit for the day. So if you meditate in the morning, you have a calmness about you for the rest of your day. If you work out in the morning, you get those endorphins and energy for the rest of your day. You stretch in the morning, you feel good for the rest of your day. So I do think it's good to incorporate things into the morning. I just, yeah, I know myself that when I say, hey, I'm going to stretch this evening. To be honest, I get to the evening, I'm just like, oh, I'll leave it. I'm, you know, the willpower just isn't, to be honest, isn't as strong in the evening. Another thing which you can do to practice being present, which to be honest, I find easy to do in the evening, is reading. So read a book. And this is another activity that just you have to be present because if you're reading a book and you're not present, you're not taking it in. And this is why I believe people who struggle to read, they struggle to read because they struggle to be present because they're too used to being connected. They're too used to having their mind racing that they are not skilled in calming and relaxing the mind. So when it, they open a book or they hear, oh, reading's good, reading books is very beneficial for X, Y, Z. They say, oh, I'm going to do that. But then when it comes to doing it, sitting down, they open the book and they go, their body is too uncomfortable. Their body cannot sit down and read the book. They can't relax because they're not used to it. And so they open the book and then like the meditation, they say, oh, no, nah, read enough for me. Uh, I'll, I'll start again another time or no, not for me. Give me the phone. So just an important thing to note here is that all change is uncomfortable, but growth only happens when you're uncomfortable. That's a fact. So if you think about going to the gym, it's actually pretty uncomfortable while you're in the gym. And I know myself that pretty much every day before I start a workout, just before I started, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, there's that feeling of, I know this isn't, this is going to be uncomfortable. But, but at the end of it, you're buzzing. And during it is challenging. And so being more present is challenging and it's also uncomfortable because you know that when you're going about your day and you get that urge to take out your phone, it's uncomfortable to resist that urge and not take out your phone. It's way easier to just take out your phone and continue being, I think it's a tech zombie that Robin Sharma calls in the 5am club in his book. And after hearing that term zombie, when I look around now, I see it. And when you walk around town, you see it, you see people just with their heads down in their phones. And don't get me wrong, I do it too, but I'm aware of it now. I don't, I don't want to be that because there's just more to life than just being glued to your phone all the time. Another thing that you can do in the evenings, so you put your phone away an hour before bed and you have this hour, so reading is one thing. You can also journal. You can write down your thoughts. You can write down ideas. This doesn't need to be structured. You just write. And the great thing about journaling or writing down your thoughts is that when you write them down, they go from out of your head onto the paper. So if you have something that's bothering you a little bit, just write about it in your journal. 
another thing in the evening which I think is crucial is to plan your day tomorrow. So have a think about tomorrow and plan it out. You know, when are you going to get up? What are you going to do in the morning? And just write out a task list and then number them one to six based on level of importance. And then crack into number one and you can't move to number two until you've number one completed. And that's challenging. That's it's what I do. And it's um, it's challenging because you want to avoid the hard stuff. And you just want to skip to do number five and you get a kind of little bit of dopamine when you get number five done. But number five is really easy to do. And so you have to do the hard thing first. And anyway, plan out your day. Then the next day, it gives you a peace of mind and it helps you relax because you're not wondering, what should I be doing now? Am I being efficient? Oh, I'm forgetting to do this. And you kind of can be a bit all over the place. Whereas when you plan your day, it allows you the next day to just relax and just execute tasks. And so that's something that's important for productivity, but also peace of mind. And once again, it allows you to be present because you're not thinking, oh, what should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Am I forgetting something? Uh, should I be here, there? Or it stops the mind racing. It allows you to just relax and just into the process of doing what you need to do. Other activities that will help you become more present are cold showers or going for a swim in the sea. I tell you, when you go for a swim in the sea, you can't be thinking about anything else but your breath and nearly surviving, but now relaxing and just accepting it. And so that's one of the big reasons why people talk about and do, you know, cold showers and going for a swim in the sea. And it's oh, there's so many benefits for your mental health as well. I have a cold shower every morning. I am jealous of the people who have those baths or those uh, kind of like ice baths and stuff. So I wouldn't mind getting one of them. But when you have a cold shower, it forces you yeah, to just breathe and accept it and just be present and breathe once again. And there's many other benefits like I've listened to Andrew Huberman say that you get a release of dopamine for a couple of hours. And I would agree with that because you feel good after it. You feel really good. Also, your self-esteem goes up because you've done a hard thing. You've said that you're going to take a cold shower and you've went and done it and it's challenging. It's difficult. Every single day it's difficult, no matter how long you've been doing it. That's been my experience. Like it's not, it's easier not to do it. With anything that you're going to grow from, it's easier not to do it. It's easier not to read. It's easier not to work out. It's easier not to eat healthy. It's easier not to drink enough water throughout the day. It's easier to just watch TV than not watch it. You know what I mean? So anyway the cold showers and then last thing to practice being present is as you're going about your day of course try not to be on the phone or connect to the phone at certain times and look don't get me wrong I as I said I listen to podcasts I listen to audiobooks I'm I'm on my phone as well I'm I'm doing all those things but there's just you know there'll be just periods for an hour or two here or there or that I'm not and so and I've just found the benefits incredible for, like I said, accessing the flow state, which is where your ideas and your creativity comes from, which calms your mind, which gives you peace of mind, which reduces anxiety, which helps you relax. There's just so many benefits. But as you're going about your day, just conscious breathing. So focus on your breath, breathe in through your nose, into your belly, big, deep breathing into your belly for you know you can do a count of seven 
and look at the trees around you, look at the birds, and a good thing to do is to look at the horizon. So look off into the distance. I can't remember where I read this, but we kind of condition ourselves to look about 10 or 15 meters around us. But when you start to put your focus further out onto the horizon, into the distance, it actually relaxes you quite a lot. Genuinely, I've only read that one recently, but it's very true. And it's a very simple thing. So you're just going about your day, breathing, taking in the surroundings around you, but instead of taking in kind of 10, 15 meters around you, just lift your head, look a bit further. So from the three-step framework for playing in the zone, that was point one. I think I rambled a bit longer than I thought I would, but first step, practice being present throughout your day. Then the second step, and this is geared towards players, you know, the book is geared towards players, but I know a lot of parents, people who coach now, have read the book and got a lot of value from it because they've DM'd me and they've told me so. And yeah, a lot of the lessons in it, to be honest, I use them myself right now. And it's around mindset for high performance. I've just applied it to rugby players because that's who I wanted to help because when I was younger, I didn't have a resource like this book. So that's why I wrote it. That's who my focus was. But yeah, I use these different things myself also throughout my day and I'm not playing anymore. But the second point, second step is get your preparation right during the week. So put in the work during the week and then I learned this one from Peter Dooley is have a preparation cutoff point. So if you're playing a game on a Saturday, work hard during the week. Leave no stone unturned, tick all the boxes, put in the graft. Then when it comes to Thursday night or Friday lunchtime, have a cutoff point after which you say, that's the week done, that's the preparation done, and now it's match time, now it's game mode. And what that does is it allows you to stop worrying about doing more because we all feel that doing more is necessary or we need to do more, 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 but actually sometimes you need to do less. And I know that can be a bit of a paradox or whatever. It's like, what do you mean? But with regards playing in the zone, you need to relax. You need to calm down. And that's when you can be in the zone. You can't do more, more, more. So if you think about it, a very simple analogy, you can't do a gym session in the morning of a match. That's just actually going to inhibit you. Or studying tape. You can't be studying hours of tape the morning of a game, that'll actually just get you in your head. So it's at a certain point, it's not about doing more, it's about doing less. So during the week, do lots. Don't get me wrong, work hard, work like a savage. Study the tape, do the work in the gym, stretch, do it all. But then have a preparation cutoff point where you put a full stop on it and you just completely relax. You say, all that's done now, now it's time to just play. And leave everything behind you. Don't be worrying about doing any more analysis. What you've done, you've done. And now it's time to just relax and play. And so, just to recap, there's, you know, two parts to that. The first one, I say, get your prep right during the week. That means work hard. That means work very hard because if you cut corners during the week, you're not getting your prep right. And when you cut corners, that plays on your mind. You know it. You can't avoid it. And it doesn't matter if no other person in the world is aware of it. You're going to be aware of it. And you know that you haven't put in the work. 
I've been chatting to players recently over here and we're in pre-season in New Zealand and the sessions are tough. You know, we're doing fitness, we're playing games, we're doing drills, but we're doing running as well and we're doing tough fitness that you don't really enjoy in the moment. Yes, you can enjoy because you know you're getting better and that's what I'm getting at. And I've chatted to a few of the players after and they're unreal. They're saying like, yeah, you know, rugby is so much more enjoyable when you're fit and you just play so much better when you're fit. And that's so true. So those guys know that the difficulty, the fitness sessions, the graft, the grind is all helping them be better, helping them enjoy the rugby more, play better. And you can reframe your mind when you are doing difficult things to not just say, oh, this is tough and struggle through it. Instead, you reframe your mind to say, oh, this is going to make me so much better. This is going to be so worth it. And that's how you can regularly do difficult things or regularly do those things. Like I mentioned, still every day before I work out, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, got to do it now. But I know that I get all the benefit from it and I know it's worth it. So I do it. So, yeah, as a player, just get your preparation right. And if you're a coach as well, you know, get your preparation right, too, because the way this plays out for you is if you rock up to training and you haven't got your prep right for that session, you're going to be in your head a bit. You're not going to be able to access the flow state, relax, because you know that you haven't really got this session planned out properly. You're not really sure what you're doing after the first two drills or games. And so you're going to be in your head. You're not going to be able to relax. You're not going to enjoy it. So take some time. Look at the last few sessions. Give yourself whatever, 20 minutes or half an hour to just sit down the evening before and just think about relax. Think about, you know, what could you do? And I keep saying relax because that's just such a key. When you relax, the ideas flow. When you're in a tense state, you can't access flow. The ideas won't come when you're wound up. It's all about relaxing. And that's why, you know, meditation is so, so important to have that skill. Because anyone who meditates knows that just once you do it regularly, you become skilled at when you sit down, being able to just very quickly relax the mind, relax the body. So, yeah, as a coach, get your prep right. And then also have a preparation cutoff point. So if it's game day, you also need to have a preparation cutoff point. And the way I've seen this over and over again, and I've been guilty of it, and I'm sure you have too if you're a coach, is you start telling players before the game what to do. Oh, be over here. Do this. Do that. Be here. In the line out. Remember, this is your role. All you are doing as a coach by doing that is essentially giving the player anxiety. You're giving them anxiousness. You're putting them in their head. You're taking them out of the flow state. That player could have been doing as I've kind of been saying and they've been practicing being present. They've got their prep right during the week. They have a preparation cutoff point. And then you as a coach go up to them and say, hey, Tommy, you know, on this move, I need you, you need to be here and then he needs to be there. And then you know, when we're in this area of the field, remember, we want to do this. So what you're doing is you're just allowing or pushing your nervousness, anxiousness onto that player. And that player then may probably start thinking about that role and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I need to be here. I need to be there. I need to do this. I need to do that. That player is now in their head. That player is now taken out of the flow state, possibly for that whole game. So you as a coach, you shine or your place to shine is during the week. In training, you can have an impact. You can talk to the players, you can 
implement game plans, you can do whatever you want to do, and you can have an impact. But after a certain point, Friday, you have to take a step back and you have to allow the players their time. And that's their time. And so you yourself as a coach have a preparation cutoff point and just know that after that point, Thursday evening, Friday, noon, you can't impact it anymore. You yourself have to relax, let go, and game time, game mode for you also, just like a player, is about relaxing and just being. And so for a player, it's relax, just play the game. Play the game like you did when you were a kid in the schoolyard with not a care in the world. That's the key for a player. And for a coach as well, relax and just coach the way you love coaching. You know, it doesn't matter what game it is. It doesn't matter if it's a quote-unquote big game or whatever, whatever. Just relax. You love coaching, just being around the team and just do that. Don't be stressed and worrying because players pick that up. You as a coach are a leader. You know, there's players that are leaders, but you're a leader and you're the leader to an extent. And people are very intuitive and they pick up how the leader is and they take on the leader's energy. I remember watching the last dance with the Chicago Bulls and Phil Jackson And Phil said that he saw this when he was wound up on the sideline and shouting at referees and being amped up and jumping about that Dennis Rodman would get so wound up and so amped up and kind of lose the head. And Phil realized that he had to calm down and relax and be that calm energy. And then when Dennis saw that or felt that, he would also be that way. And this is so true. When coaches are anxious and wound up, players also get that way. And so you as a coach, one of the best things that you can do actually on game day is be calm and relaxed and give that energy because players will then see that you're relaxed, you're calm, and that they can then be that way. And lastly, the third step of the framework, so the framework for playing in the zone. First step, practice being present throughout your day, throughout the week. Second step, get your prep right during the week and have a preparation cutoff point. The third step is stop caring and stop worrying about outcomes. This is an interesting one for a lot of people and one that you might be initially when you hear it wanting to fight or it mightn't show up well you might think well no don't agree with that essentially means not caring about whether you win or lose and for the vast majority of my life I cared desperately about winning and that drove me on and I thought that's the way you need to be. But what I found was when you stop thinking so much about the final result and whether you'll win or lose and you accept that failure is okay, you can then relax. You then start to relax. And what you do when you relax is you relax into the moment. And so when there's 50 minutes gone in a game, instead of having your mind on what will the final result be at 80 minutes, you're bringing your mind to the present moment because you're not worrying about what will be in half an hour's time at the 80th minute. And instead, what you do is you focus on competing in the moment. You focus all your attention and energy on the moment that's here right now. So if there's a scrum, you are just 100% all in on what's happening right now at the scrum. 
What are you doing? What is your role? If there's a line out, what's your role? What are you doing now? And so you give 100% of your focus and attention to the here and now. Versus giving 85 or 90% of your focus to the here and now. And 10% of your focus to worrying about if you'll win or not. And that's what it is. It's worry. Because I used to be so, so, so attached to the outcome that I would worry if we weren't going to win. And that worry doesn't serve you. You may be so conditioned to that worrying that you think it is necessary to drive you to be the best version of you, but it's actually not. And I can say this from first-hand experience, and I have seen this from so many other people as well. And this is from spirituality as well. Uh, I think it's Taoism. They talk about not attaching yourself to outcomes in life and just letting go, letting go and just relaxing and allowing it to happen. And it's so true. Think about it this way. Say you're looking for a new job and if you're attached to the outcome of getting it, okay, you're worrying about whether or not you'll get it. That's going to bring with it a little bit of anxiousness. So when you go for an interview, you're going to bring that anxiousness, that anxious kind of energy with you into the interview. And the people who are interviewing you will feel that. And the reason that you have that energy is because you're so attached to the outcome. You so want and need this job. And that could be true. You may want to need this job, but for you to give yourself the best chance of actually getting the job, you have to detach from the outcome. You have to stop caring and stop worrying about it, whether or not you get it. Think about that. If you went into a job interview and you didn't actually care if you got it or not, think about how much more relaxed you'd be. If you were so much more relaxed, think about how much better you'd perform. It's kind of obvious, isn't it, actually? When you think about it in that sense. Going into a job interview all wound up and stressed about whether or not you'll get it. Or going into a job interview chilled and relaxed. And the same with a rugby match. Going into a rugby match or being in a rugby match all stressed and in your head about whether or not you'll win it or not and get the result or going into a rugby match slash being in a rugby match and being chilled and relaxed and in a rugby match the equivalent is compete in the moment and in a job interview the equivalent is you know just be in the moment you're not so much competing you're just being in the moment and when you're in the moment the things flow you don't be in your head thinking about what you're going to say you just connect with the other person and you just chat with them. And when you're connected, when you're present, when you're in the moment, that's when flow will happen. So that's when you'll do your best job interview. A time where this is similar for me is when I'm working with teams, be it on Zoom or in person, and I'm doing a talk, if I'm desperately wanting it to go well and oh I need this to be a good one I hope this is good there's going to be an anxiousness about me and I'm not going to be able to relax and be present and be in the moment and I'll be in my head kind of think about oh what will I say next and this and that and what are they thinking about it or do they think this is good like I could be thinking that as I'm doing it which coaches will do as well you'll be able to relate to that but what I have to do 
when I'm doing a talk for a team is completely detached from the outcome and detach from everything and just be present, be in the moment, the same way a player will be, and just connect with the players. And that is when flow happens for me when I'm talking. And that's when I do my best talks. And to be honest, I've realized this pretty quickly. You know, the, a while back when I was starting out, I would have been a bit in my head or I would have been thinking a bit and, you know, then I kind of quickly realized I was like, oh, Brian, wait a minute here. And I just applied this framework to what I was doing and I related what I was doing now to how players perform and everything is high performance. Like this is all just how you perform at your best. So anyway, you have to, if you're to access the flow state, you have to stop caring and stop worrying about outcomes. You can't be tied to them. And accepting failure is a big part of this too, okay? You want to win, but accepting that failure is okay is a part of it. You have to be okay with failure. Don't get me wrong, you don't like to lose. I get that. But you've heard the Michael Jordan quote, I've missed 9,000 shots. I've lost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again, and that is why I succeed. And Kobe Bryant also said, if you're afraid to fail, then you're probably going to fail. So these goats understand that failure is just part of the journey. It's just part of the process. It's all good. You learn from it. You grow from it. It's not something to fear. It's not something to hope that doesn't happen. You accept it. And when you accept failure, it stops having a hold over you and a control over you. You stop fearing it. And once again, when you stop fearing it, you can relax. When you go into games and you're not caring or worrying about whether you win, you're not afraid of losing, then you just go into the best space. Which space is the flow state, playing in the zone. So anyway, that's that. So I'll just once again, for the very last time, recap that. If you haven't written it down yet, but practice being present throughout your day. Number two, get your prep right and have a preparation cutoff point. And number three, stop caring or worrying about outcomes. And yeah, you can apply that in any area. As I said in the book, it's for players, chapter 11. But it's important for everybody. As I mentioned earlier, and if you follow me on social media, off field rugby on Instagram or my LinkedIn, you'll know I'm in Christchurch now. So I moved here about three weeks ago and I had been living in Vancouver for the past four years. And I was really staying there because I was eligible to play with Canada this year in May 23. But around the time that I had to call it a day playing wise, when the realization came that it just was not worth it anymore because the symptoms from my last concussion were just too bad. Like I was just having headaches every single day, like very bad ones. My emotions were kind of affected. I had shaky hands and I just wasn't in a good place. I was shook. I don't know what was the best way to say it, like shook. And I just decided, yeah, it's not worth it. Even though I had that fixed in my mind that, you know, that was my goal, my next goal. I had the hunger back that I wanted to to do that, to play for Canada. But yeah, it just wasn't worth it, you know. And so around that time when I was making that decision, Shane Fletcher, the Crusaders manager, asked me, would I be interested in moving to Christchurch this next season? Because I was saying to him how I'm going all in on the coaching now that I can't play. 
I had been living in Vancouver doing both, playing and coaching. But now that there is no playing, Vancouver, Canada is not the best place to be for coaches if you want to develop and kick on. So Fletch said to me, would you, yeah, would you be interested in coming down to Christchurch next season and doing some stuff with us and the Crusaders and coming down and just, yeah, developing. And so I didn't, to be honest, need to think twice. And that was probably six months ago, actually. But I was working with a couple of teams in Vancouver and the season here doesn't start till February. So last autumn, last fall, I finished up with those teams. I continued through to Christmas and then went home to Ireland for two months, worked with some different schools and clubs. I was kind of going around the country, doing talks on the mental side of the game. And then, yeah, early February, moved over here to Christchurch. So I'm also with a club called Burnside and we'll be with them this season and then doing some other things as well. I'm chatting to different schools at the moment and yeah, we'll be doing quite a few different things. It's um yeah, it's quite a lot going on, but that's exciting. And yeah, I'm chatting to some different people here and was in Rugby Park where the Crusaders have their base which is cool. Um, it's cool to see that and yeah, see the setup. While I was back home in Ireland, I went in once again, if you follow me on social media or probably my LinkedIn too, yeah, you'll have seen this, but I was in with Connacht, Leinster and Glasgow during that period that I was at home over December and January and yeah it was cool just to get into those setups and see how they do things and chat to the players and the coaches spend some time there and yeah now cool being down here in Christchurch in New Zealand I've never been this side of the world so yeah it's a lovely spot it's a cool place New Zealand is and yeah loving it here so far and excited for the season ahead. So anyway, I won't keep rambling, but I mentioned a couple of weeks ago how I was doing the audiobook, and, you know, I actually mentioned that I wanted to have it done by the time I got here. I had it all recorded, but then there were some things around decibel levels and the way the files had to be to get them published on the different platforms and so I had to get a sound engineer to help me with that. And I did so. Now the audiobook is in publishing. And they said it can take up to 10 business days to get it up and live. That was two days ago. So over the next while, the audiobook for the book on how you become a pro rugby player will be live. That's been a big project of mine which I'm delighted to have got done and you know I said on here that I'd have this done three weeks ago and you know talking about failure and Kobe Bryant talking about it and it's something that I myself have to accept and realize and understand that it's okay and it's funny because when I talk to players certain things come up regularly and one thing is beating yourself up after you make a mistake so players will say like oh you know I make a mistake out there and I just I'm in my head for the rest of the game I don't want the ball to go near the ball and I'm just kind of beating myself up over that mistake and you're kind of saying like oh I'm crap and thinking that way and thinking negative thoughts and this is common this is actually normal and it's funny because this initially came up for me too when I didn't get the audiobook out it's kind of ah Brian come on but what I do to work through that when I fail because I fail regularly and I accept that it's okay to fail and it's part of the process but my mind does initially kind of go ah oh, Brian that's that's crap you're not good enough whatever but what I do is take a step back and First of all, say, 
okay, this has happened. So you accept that the failure has happened. And then what can you do now to learn from it or to fix it or to best move forward? I also remind myself, hey, Brian, failure is all good. It's grand. Look, shit happens. It's okay. It's fine. Just we'll plan, get a plan of action here as to how to fix this. Don't worry about it. It's all good. And that's a very simple way. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how I went about it when when I failed with getting this audiobook out on the deadline that I had set myself. Yeah, just accept, hey, it's happened. It's all good. It's grand. Learn from it. Be better next time. And let's just crack on here. There's literally no point, zero point in beating yourself up. There's never any upside to beating yourself up. So when that comes up, so like I've just given my example, when you fail, when you make a mistake and that just straight away, the mind wants to or starts to kind of think, oh, think that way. You stop, you breathe and you just accept it, move on, relax, understand it's okay, take a step back, essentially. And you don't go into that spiral of, oh, I'm no good and beating yourself up. And that beating yourself up can just go on forever. And then that becomes your default. And then sure, what's the point? Like just beating yourself up all the time. It just doesn't serve you any good. Oh, and actually very last one on this. Another time this came up for me. So with this podcast, I said I'm doing it weekly. And last week I didn't get an episode out. And just with moving here and just different things, it just didn't happen. And same thing. Initially, I'm kind of like, ah, Brian, ah. And once again, just had to go through that process and just be like, right, all good, we'll crack on. But yeah, I will make up for it. And this is something I personally kind of said for myself. You know, I set my own standards and I hold myself accountable to my standards I said I was doing it weekly because that's what I wanted the podcast to be. I want the podcast to be good. And I believe that good podcasts come out weekly, at least weekly. I know that if I'm listening to a podcast and it's very sporadic, I'm just going to stop listening to it, to be honest. So anyway, I missed one last week. I got one out this week and going forward... I'll obviously keep striving to get one out every week. And I will. The odd time I might slip up, but now, nah. And I'm going to make up for it too. I'll get a, a midweek one out over the next few weeks. And have some cool interviews coming up. So I'm really excited for them. I'm talking to yeah, some very cool people from players to coaches. And then specialists in different areas. Coaches of some different sports and yeah i'm just excited for what's to come with the podcast too thank you for being here genuinely greatly appreciate it i love getting your feedback really appreciate that very thankful for that and if you want to help the podcast a couple of very simple things you can do i'm not a part of a company i don't have big marketing team or whatever this podcast is me but by you just sending it to a friend just telling your friends about it that's huge like simply just sending an episode on to someone else telling your friends you like it that's massive and yeah I would be so appreciative if you were to do that and another really simple thing you can do is Shared on social media or my Instagram at Offfield Rugby. Share some of that content to your story. Simple things, but that cost nothing. That take 30 seconds, but you don't realize how big an impact they have. 
And also you can leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening. So if you want to say, hey, Brian, I'm enjoying this podcast. Thank you. You can do one of those things. Send it on to a friend, share some content on social media. At Offfield Rugby is my Instagram, TikTok and Twitter. And you can leave a rating and a review. If you want to get in touch with me, please do so through my social media. Instagram's probably the best social media at Offfield Rugby. My LinkedIn is my name, Brian Moylet. Let's connect there. You can DM me there. And my website is offfieldrugby.com. So there's the contact form there. And if you want to work together, then get in touch through the website as well. All right. Cheers. Thanks, Emil.